This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. issue for all women. Alright champs, Mickey here. Welcome to Sunday Chops and this week we are being super generous motherfuckers and giving you two Sunday Chops so you are going to be full of chops like suitable for vegetarians, vegans, everyone tuck in. This one was recorded just before our Cheltenham gig in September when I managed to snaffle half an hour with the amazing Ray Earl. She is an absolute corker and I fell a little bit in love which was good. Uh, I think it was mutual. Either that or she's very good at pretending. I don't know if you're a fan of tangents. I'm going to hope you're a fan of tangents because there are a metric shitton of them in this particular interview. Ray's got what I'm going to call a pinball brain and it bounces all over the place and it is absolutely wonderful. So I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget to look at our other chops. The other one this week is Hannah and I talking to the brilliant Jem Turner and ones that we've done in the past. Jen's done some brilliant interviews. She's chatted to Claire Baldin and Judy Murray and Paula Maguire. And Hannah chatted to American comedian Catelyn Brodnick about her double mastectomy, which is, you know, it's a much more fun interview than that makes it sound. And I had a good old chops with our Sarah about her new book, How to Be Champion. Anyway, enough of me waffling on. Without further ado, Ray and I talking nonsense and also some really interesting stuff about mental health. Hello. Hi, Mickey. How are you? I'm just about to introduce you. Oh, sorry. How did I look? (laughs) Anyway, I'm with Ray Earl. She's (laughs) chipping in early, but we'll let her off because she's pretty awesome. How are you, love? I am slightly jet-lagged. Just warning, slightly jet-lagged. Okay. Which means I'm slower than I would normally be on the uptake. Bit of buffering, bit of buffering. Uh, How slow? What kind of prep do I need to do? Well, you probably would you probably wouldn't notice, but I feel a bit slower than normal. But yeah, bit, bit jet lag still from 26 hours in the economy, like crunched oh, up. Oh, wow. But fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, good. You look like you've properly unfurled. Um, oh, God, it's hard. 26 hours. And I've got a lovely seven year old, but it was still hard. Yeah. Oh, and I went to Australia. It's I too slept far away. All the way. Did you have Valium or something? No, I just went to sleep. And then I got off for a bit in Dubai and it felt like I was in sort of some weird dream. And then I got on another plane and went back to sleep. And you were in economy class? Yep. But I had three seats. What, what is it with these people who get three seats in the middle? That never happens to me. I think I get singled out for... Anyway, the point is, you rotter yeah, for doing awesome, that. Awesome for me. Also awesome for awesome. you. Awesome for you. Ray has written a new book. I have. You've written a new book. It's called It's All in Your Head, A Guide to Getting Your Shit Together. Although there is an asterisk on the cover. Yes. Yeah? Because... We are very aware that some people might find the word shit quite confronting. What is wrong with well, them? I, who's who's well, finds shit confronting? I think there are some people who do that. So we, we cater for all audiences by just putting a little star there. It's probably fine. So, yes. So, tell me a little bit about it. Okay, well, it's a mental health guide. There are lots of mental health guides and self-help guides out there. But I just felt that having 
had many decades in this brain that I have been blessed, stroke, cursed with, <laughs> that um, I had some practical tips to offer on, on how to manage heads and manage heads that are going a bit wrong or a bit odd or a bit weird and, and how I've just gone from being that person in the psychiatric ward to a sort of fairly semi well functioning person now. Are you allowed to self diagnose that? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lovely doctor who says I'm quite fine. Oh, that's good. Yeah, she's really nice. Great boots, tights combo every time I see her. Four kids. No, that's what she's you fantastic. want in a doctor. Oh, my God. And, and fully, you know, honest about the whole menopausal experience. She's a goddess, and I love her. And she says I'm okay, so I think I'm probably okay. I have read the book, and I found it incredibly warm and very funny, and it had all those brilliant practical tips now, I've never really spoken about this in public, but I've suffered from depression since I was 19. I've been on and off oh. antidepressants. And I know that the book's sort of aimed at young adults, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. But I've had a few people get in touch and say that they found it quite useful later on. And do you know what? These problems don't stop when you're, when you're 18 or 25 or 45. Mental health problems are, and mental health issues and looking after your head is kind of a lifelong thing as it would be your body yeah. but we just don't seem to see it that way which is ludicrous it's so weird isn't it because people like, you're told to look after your body and to stay fit and to look after your heart but brains until fairly recently just did not get a look in when actually they are the boss of everything absolutely so you know you're eating your special K and going for a run but you're doing fuck all for don't, everything <laughs> don't do that at the same time kids you will you just. will vomit <laughs> <laughs> You said I did vomit, but I've seen joggers vomit. I know you said you're a runner. Yeah. I'm a walker. Are you a walker? Oh, I'm a walker. I can't be doing... Bar the London Marathon when I was forced to run, but that was just... Oh, of course, you mentioned in the book that you trained for that. Yeah, because I get it in every... I did <laughs> the London Marathon. Don't be told that the wall can't be scaled. It can be scaled. It did take me seven and a half hours. But you still did it. That's amazing. Yeah, but when you're lapped by a Dalek, it's pretty depressing. <laughs> I mean, when you see a battalion of the army carrying a, like a ten-ton cannon going past you, that is a, is a moment of life that you never forget. But yeah, I got there. I finished. And that was the point. But yeah, I'm, I'm a walker. Walking, oh my God. If, you, if you're down, if you're anxious, go for a walk. Seriously, it sounds like a simple thing, but it's such an easy thing to do. It but I helps. think it's, it's changing the focus, isn't it? Yes, and actually the act of doing something, or get on a bus, or get on a train, you know, if anywhere there's public transport, just go somewhere, get out of the house. I think I spent far too much time in my bedroom, and when I realised I could actually get out and go somewhere that helped no end so why did you decide to write the book now what made you decide to write it now well because i'm perimenopausal and i don't give so much of a shit these days <laughs> if, you're, if you're putting yourself out there it's, it's very well i put myself out there with a tv series and then you know that's very well documented that i'm an anxiety sufferer mm -hmm. ocd sufferer and all these things i've been in the psychiatric ward and you know what the reaction i've got has been fairly bloody lovely yeah. um, it wouldn't have put anybody off sharing what I've shared because people have been just adorable 
in the main, you get the odd cock. But tell me in what part of life you don't get the odd cock. Oh, they're, they're everywhere, mate. They're everywhere. Cocks are omnipresent. So <laughs> we just accept that fact and we move on. So uh, just, just to note to the podcast listeners, uh, uh, Ray and I are surrounded by cocks right now. <laughs> a sea of cocks. <laughs> Actually, we're in an empty ballroom with chandeliers. This is the weirdest the place acoustic. I've ever done an interview. It's The Shining. We're basically in The Shining. Oh, see, I preferred my... It's the Ghostbusters where they go and get slimer. Yeah, because you're trying to scare the shit out of but you don't you tell me you don't watch horror films I don't so watch why horror would films. you know that was bad The Shining yeah have you seen oh, that I started my period this morning it was basically the lift scene <laughs> <laughs> really it's horrific I'm with you and uh, how old are you sorry 40 oh it gets worse oh, like... awesome <laughs> hi thanks pal <laughs> Gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Sorry, you were saying obviously you've put yourself out there. You've been sorry, but now I've, I can now see the twins in the lift scene, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's the horror. Let's just go there. It's the horror. All of a sudden, you you know, you buy regular wings, and next thing you know, you've got to go to nighttime oh, with wings all the time. Started a moon cup. Ah, oh, what? Is I mean, fair play environmentally, but yeah, I'm not sure. No, I bet you're not. No, I'm not sure. Can, can I ask you, can we go somewhere? I, I, what, happens, I what, <laughs> what happens with a moon cup when you're out and about and you're not in a toilet that's got a sink and that? You'd have to sort of work around it and sort of plan See, in advance. See, that's what puts me, that's, mm. I can't, but fair play for saving a planet. Someone's got to do it, and uh, I got the memo. <laughs> you got the memo. That. You acted on it. Yeah. Whereas I'm still working from a from a point of social shame. So fair, good for you. <laughs> You're ahead of me, so it's fair enough. Sorry, where were we? The Shining. Uh, the period. Shining before that, we're in a ballroom. But also that you you have always put yourself out there. That's you know why people know you. And I think it, I couldn't have done it at 25, and I probably couldn't have done it. Oh, and I did do it 10 years ago because the book's been out for 10 years. So. I did it then, and but I'm older. It's fine to say now, and we, we live in different times as well. There's less of a stigma now, mm-hmm. but that's kind of why I wrote the book. I felt that we tackled the stigma, but then it was like, I've got OCD, and now what? Because sometimes there isn't the... I'm not having got anybody in CAMS, uh, which is child and adolescent mental health care. They're mm-hmm. fabulous, but often they're understaffed, under-resourced. Mental health care still doesn't get the, the attention that it should... So I wanted to just talk about if you do get that diagnosis or you do have those feelings, what you can do and how you can help to make that better before the treatment gap, before you get actually professional treatment and how you can manage it after you've had professional treatment as well. Because if you get professional treatment for a condition, you go on a high. I remember skipping down Royal Road in Stamford listening to Enya. Orinoco flow. I, I, you can pull a face. I know you told me you got Led Zeppelin on your phone. You call and everything. I don't give a shit because I will say now. I don't. Yeah, I'll stay away with Enya. It was freaking fine at the time. It was. I'll stand by it. I remember feeling ecstatic, thinking I'm cured. Everything's fine. But life isn't that simple. No. So it's just about how you deal with it ongoing in life. Because I still do. I still get anxiety. Still get OCD. It still tries to burble up like Etna. So it has to be controlled. What I loved about the book was there was a lot of stuff that I recognised having gone through similar things myself and a lot of aspects of the toolkit I have made for myself that you have also put a toolkit together. I'm so glad you said that, Mackie, because I absolutely am all about making a toolkit for yourself. And Mm -hmm. you notice in the book, when I talk about depression, I don't talk about me, I talk about my mum. Because she has had it 
and this odd thing to say, in a, in a way that I think is far more pure than, than I've had it, because I had anxiety and OCD, which will inevitably lead to feeling dreadful. Yeah. But the depression that she has is that depression that is that fog that comes over you, the blinds come down, yeah. and you don't know... I can see it happening, her eyes go. It's, it's you know, it's, it's there, it's palpable. So I wanted to talk about how she's dealt with that over the years, because she's 75, and she comes from a time when it wasn't talked about. Oh, and yeah, any yeah. treatments were barbaric as well. And she had barbaric treatments. Oh, did she? Absolutely. She really did. And, you know, especially as a working class woman and a very smart one. It's She's whip smart. But it's not actually that long ago that your husband could have you committed because you were a hysterical woman in dirty comments. Absolutely. I was just about to say the fact that she was a working class woman would not have helped her cause. Luckily, I would say, we, I think we had a, for the time, I think we had a good family doctor. He'd mm-hmm. been in the military and I think a lot of military people now and then have a far more sophisticated view of mental health perhaps because they've been exposed to which is surprising you think they'd be tougher and yet now but actually no surprise to me that old prince harry has got involved with stuff like that because post-traumatic stress disorder and when you think i think loads of the older generation that i grew up with all had that they never talked about it yeah but a lot of them were quite brutal a lot of them were quite violent perhaps they'd seen things that we can't even imagine mm-hmm but weren't allowed to talk about it. And it was all this suppressing emotion, but it's got to come out somewhere. It was all bullshit. And this is why I hate it when the older generation go, oh, this generation of snowflakes, get fucked. So were you, so were you. Everybody's a snowflake when they're, I hate that term. Everybody's vulnerable when they're young because being young sucks. You have not got the experience. Everything feels heavy. Everything feels like a nightmare. It's difficult being young, whatever generation you're in. Yeah, so... Sorry, that was a rant. It was I feel, a good one, though. <laughs> I feel very... Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. You talk about in the book that when you were younger, it wasn't as easy to get help, but there was a really good, if slightly brutal, bit of advice, which was just, you're just going to have to manage it. That's what the doctor said, and I definitely remember being taken to various people, and... Cause I, Look, I was probably, like I say, on some kind of spectrum, mm-hmm. and still am. We were in the bar a minute ago, and somebody made a literal joke, and I took it. <laughs> I just thought, oh, okay. Oh, and then I realised. So a lot Is this of when you thought that Tom Seller could literally have been posing in waterfalls with sandwiches. Absolutely, this actually happened. So I took it completely as you see. I didn't see that as a joke. I just <laughs> saw that as something that that I took. Okay, well, he might have been doing that for Hovis or some sort of bread. Co- but that's how my brain works. Well, Ray, the bread would get I wet. Know, I know, I get the practicalities. I get it. I, I, but that's how my brain kind of processes stuff. And it's still, that's how it buffers stuff. But, you know, I was probably a bit whatever. But in the end, that advice was good. Because I had to find a way to get on with it. And it's a, it, we're not saying pull yourself together and get on with it. I was given, afforded lots of help along yeah. the way. I really was. And from very unlikely sources, I talk about my school nurse, who was freaking terrifying to everybody else. Freaking terrifying. This woman was frightening to death to everybody else. But I think because her house was near my house and she had to stop her trolley to have a little rest and talk to my mum, I think she was extra nice to me. And also, I think more to the point, her dad had suffered with anxiety and she understood that that's clearly what I had. So she let me lie down in her 
think study and have breathe and then I could go back to lessons and all was fine. And some of the, the, the best help is people accepting that it's a thing. And not denying it. Yeah. Not trying to sweep it under the bloody carpet. Because I can't deal with that. I've, I've just said to Emily, who's working with me today, I'm really sorry, before a big gig I get irritable bowel syndrome. I'm just going to... I'm fisting up to you now. You, you're putting your hand up. I, I need to go to the loo. I'll take some Imodium before so we don't have to go on stage. <laughs> it's fully fine. It's <laughs> go with it. It's fully fine. Just, if you acknowledge it, you can deal with. To quote freaking Dr. Phil, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. You it's can't change quote. what you freaking don't acknowledge is my version of that. But I can't say it's mine because it's freaking Dr. Phil's. I'm, I'm letting you have it. Thanks very much. You're welcome, mate. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> the, the advice that just, you know, you've just got to manage it is also, it's great life advice because you were saying earlier, and it's, it's absolutely right, it doesn't just go away. No. Even what I find, that even though I've over the years put together my toolkit, when I'm in the throes of it, I can't get to my toolkit. It's, it's not, I don't have access to it. I know what I should be doing, but sometimes it's still really hard to put them into action in australia they have rips in the in the in the tide and if you get into a rip they can suck you under uh -huh. you're meant to like swim through it but i see that sort of thing you're describing as a rip you just get sucked under yeah so all the things you've been taught just go out of the window because you're in such a panic and such a or such a hole yeah that you can't do that and that's when you need to say to somebody near to you you know what i'm i'm fucked i'm gone I need you just to help me out here because I'm over. I've got people like that in my life. I can say to them and say, I've gone a bit, I've gone wrong today. My husband's great because he's like hot knife through, but I just don't care. I've, I've reached peak sensory. <laughs> I am very funny with lots of too much noise or too much lights, anything like that. Yeah, I was a raver. I don't quite understand how that worked, but anyway. Yeah, I did. Maybe a little disco I think, damage going on. Now. I think the music got me through. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the whatever BPM got me through but you have to have people in your life you can just say I'm out I'm out today yeah. I just need to go into a room and do whatever I need to do just to make myself better listen to a podcast listen to Michael Palin going round India saves me so many times bloody Michael Palin I love him um, I asked him to marry me once what did he say? he said yes and then he said oh um, I've just remembered that I'm I am actually married, but if I wasn't, I totally would, and you gave me a hug. But it was February the 29th, so I just said, you marry me. I think we should just stop there. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. No, we can't stop there. No, I think we should, because I can't top that. <laughs> and also, my level of love for that story makes me almost want to cry, because I am perimenopausal. <laughs> because I think it's really sensible to... I think polygamy should be allowed for Michael Palin. Oh, absolutely. Why should one woman get that? Oh, Mrs. Palin. <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> anyway, um, sorry. <laughs> people are talking more about mental health issues. Yeah. You have a lovely phrase that you refer to your brain as being a mixed-up mind, which I think is lovely because... Don't you think we've all got one? Yeah, absolutely. Mental health isn't just mental illness. It's trying to keep it ticking, That's right? what I've tried to write about, that, you know, even when... You're, you're feeling well, you've still got to look after it. Like you would, your bloody rest of your body. Don't yeah. go fucking your bloody abs if your mind's gone. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What are you talking about? No. Exactly right, yeah. Yeah. Why do you think people are becoming more open about it? What do you think's changed? I think we had some great 
um, pioneers who were... It takes brave people at the, at the top of the chain, I think, to talk about it. So I will talk about the classics. I think Stephen Fry doing that documentary yeah. was, was massive. Because when a national treasure... I, I know that phrase is debated, what does it mean? But Oh, no, he he's gets it. No, he is. Yes. If you made him king, I don't think there'd be a lot of... Can we make that happen? Well, that's... What, what power do you have in this realm? The trouble with me is, is that I know I'd be great leading... Start a petition. Well, I know I'd be great leading everything, but then again, I know I'd go full pole pot, pole pot within about four days. So, actually, four <laughs> hours. We're under house arrest. Ray's made herself a golden throne <laughs> from the bones of her enemies. <laughs> so, um, she no, loves a project. She loves a project. She loves a bit of craft. A bit, bit of craft. A bit of craft during Corrie. <laughs> No, I think people like Stephen Fry, Ruby Wax, who... Ruby Wax, for me, I thought was just amazing, very raw with her experience. And I think people like that who are very successful and, you know, national treasures. I know Ruby's American, but she's basically British now, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, right. she, She's adopted, she's British. I think them leading the way has helped no end. It hasn't hurt that the royal family have got involved, whatever you're Republican or not, to see Prince Harry talk about his mental health issues. Mike, come on! Twenty years ago, that wouldn't—I mean, oh, wouldn't with, any, with any i don't mean with Harry, because clearly he was a kid—but with any member of the royal family, that would not have happened. So the fact that everybody's talking about it, it really does help everybody else, everywhere else, to talk about it too, which is really important. I, I absolutely agree with what you just said, and it needs—it's an issue that people need to keep talking about as well. It's not like it's just going to get fixed. It's a bit like everyone's brain; it doesn't just get fixed; it's no, ongoing. Absolutely not. And it's like I always use because it was one of my fear diseases: appendicitis. Appendicitis is going to keep on happening. We can't choose who's going to get appendicitis. Mm -hmm. We don't know why people get appendicitis. They just do. It's absolutely the same with mental health, only it doesn't take 10 minutes to fix, like appendicitis does. I know the exact amount because I've checked. Um, <laughs> not that I'm paranoid of getting appendicitis at all for the moment. Also, no, the if exact you needed to, could you like do an uh, appendicitis? Append what, what's it called? Appendectomy? Appendectomy. Appendectomy. I'll be honest on with yourself, you. My knowledge of tropical diseases is absolutely unsurpassed. If you ask me about rabies... I am what is your favourite fact about rabies? That you could have it for 20 years and then it could flare up. If I got really good rabies, would I become a cat? If I got <laughs> really... <laughs> No. Oh. Do you remember the BBC drama that was about rabies in the age? You're too young, probably. And it was terrifying. No. It showed somebody dying and from the perspective... Somebody dying of rabies from their perspective. Oh, God. It was bad that sounds brutal it was brutal because they're basically drowning in themselves this is gone this is grim i'm so sorry but you see that's what my brain used to do yeah it used to find and it used to research and fill my brain with more terror absolutely more terror but it's, it's so Ask it's me no about death cat mushrooms. Ask me about all the Aminata fungi family. I can tell you destroying angels, death cats. I can tell you everything about them. What the symptoms are like. How's it going to feel when you get it? What you can do with it? What the new treatment? Insane, the amount of medical knowledge I know. But if I watch Operation Out and they show a graze, I'm nearly sick. It's all wasted. <laughs> but that was the point. I used to feed my anxiety with crap. I used to feed it. 
Totally feed it. And so I guess part of your toolkit, and certainly something you mentioned in the book, is it's knowing when you can watch certain things or read about certain things. Well, I use Black Mirror as an example, yes. don't I? Now, Black Mirror is my absolute prime example of how you have to be on top of your own triggers. Yeah. Because Black Mirror, hands down, as by the Emmys, has, is a fantastic, Great. platinum, brilliant television programme. Black and white, no argument, it's fantastic. However, when you watch White Rabbit, when you've got... Have you seen that yes, one? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that thump is my hand going... Because I was just... I have not been... It was like being hit by a truck. It was insane. I didn't see that coming at all. And then it led to a whole... Which is what it was meant to do, debate in my head about the justice system. But I shouldn't have watched it when I had anxiety. Uh-huh. That was an insane decision. That was my fault. So should Charlie Brooker stop making it? No. Please don't, Charlie. No, make more. <laughs> and I should not watch them. That's my problem. And everybody's got to get on top of it and say, you know what? I'm going to not look up the symptoms of rabies or Japanese encephalitis I'm not going to do that I'm not going to look at death cat mushroom symptoms 8 hours after you eat it of vomiting <laughs> jaundice and you need a lift transplant give it too long I'm not going to watch it you see so wasted all this knowledge um, I'm not going to watch Black Mirror even though it's a magnificent Emmy award winning series when I feel anxious you have to be on top of it and yeah. that's where your responsibility kicks in because it is ongoing you do still have your episodes or moments where it, life's tough or old things kick Tr- in triggers I hate that word though I, I like hate that word usurped it's, it's like snowflake it's, it's used oh, you triggered by this oh get fucked you old shit <laughs> <laughs> but you see I don't get into arguments on Twitter I just mute mm-hmm. I, if I'm going to debate with you we're going to do it face to face we're not going to do in it in an empty ballroom in an empty <laughs> well, we're not doing <laughs> and then we'll have I'm a not, dance off I'm not, <laughs> Are you seriously? Absolutely, mate. I mean, it's classic podcast. <laughs> Can I just say, though? <laughs> in a way, I, it, it's embarrassing because I don't want to upset you, but oh, really you'd be good. slang. Oh, mate. My oh, groove is perfect. Sorry, sorry. Um, Ray's just put a gauntlet on the floor. <laughs> Pretty sure. I mean, who doesn't want to listen to it? <laughs> oh, my groove is noted. I'm not even joking. I've read about your groove. But it's freestyle, though. It's freestyle. It can't be trained. Sweetheart, with absolute love and affection, everything about you is freestyle. <laughs> I can't be, I can't be tempered. I, I can't be what it's. It's. I've got to pursue my own groove. So anyway, anyway, can you box and eat your popcorn? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I've got to say that in the book you have got um, a mental health expert involved. I have you, used a lot of your experience, Dr. Rada. But, I yeah. had to because mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. What? I know. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to ask that. Why did you do the operation on me? I'm going to say to Dr. Wanda, do you know the exact gestation of this Do you know? Do you know about heterovirus? Don't ever pick up a bat. Even in this country. They can't help it. They have rabies. Why are you coming here spoiling all my bat fun? I just want to cuddle a bat. You can't. Hendrovirus, which is like rabies, which, you know, we can treat you for, but don't get... We can treat you for. (laughs) Can you see how I've made myself a member of the medical profession? Join us next week with Dr. Ray. Literally, if I told mum I was going to be a doctor, that would be the that would be the pinnacle. That would save everything. If I said to mum I'm going to be a doctor, she'd be like, 
The best thing you could ever be. Because we are a total duo of hypochondriacs. <laughs> but you totally got an actual doctor involved. Yeah, Dr. Dorada, who's fantastic. So she comes in with the actual medical knowledge mm-hmm. as opposed to raise schemes. <laughs> to get, but they are Comparisons to aeroplanes. <laughs> yeah, but isn't life like... So I should just explain, if you haven't read the book yet, affix oxygen mask on yourself before doing it on others, which I always thought made you a selfish cow, but actually makes perfect sense. You've got to look after yourself before you look after everybody else. Uh-huh. And I am a transportation geek to an unbelievable degree. I mean, sad, but it's so gorgeous in this day and age. I don't know people slag social media, but now you can come out and say, I freaking love train spotting. I freaking love airline liveries. I can't get enough. I, I don't give a shit anymore. I love them. I could transport geek. Not, I do a bit of busing, but not too much. I could do tr- trains and planes happily to the day I die. <laughs> Sorry. Does that let us have a cul de sac? I know this is niche. It's niche, but it's fact. I don't care. <laughs> Obviously, by writing this book, it's, it's sort of a, a manual, but a lovely, funny, warm manual for kids and young adults and grown-ups who are going through these issues mm. do you wish you'd had something similar when oh god you were yeah i wish i'd known that the things i was i were thinking were i felt like the lo- i felt so like a freak because with the ocd you think the worst thoughts ever you mm-hmm. think horrific thoughts and they rush into your head they jet into your head and you think god i'm awful or you worry that you've done something and there's the same part of you knows you haven't done it, but there's this huge part of you that thinks you've punched someone. And you start thinking, oh, the police will be around soon. You know you haven't done it, but you torture yourself. It's, yeah. it's a very odd condition to describe to somebody who hasn't had it. But if you've had it, it's, it's like your head's at war. With, it's a civil war in your head. Uh-huh. If I had just had access to that when I was younger and known that it was something that other people had and something I could get on top of, have to say a great deal of my life would have been a lot lot better and I would have been able to enjoy it a lot lot better which sounds really sad but it is very very true a lot of my well a lot of my teens and early 20s would have been transformed absolutely transformed and that's the problem with silence if we don't hear about these things we can't fix them so what would you like readers to take away from the book that everybody's crackers I don't know the best example I can give you is if you're you know, at school now or at college now, when my Mad Fat Diary came out, can you hear that? Is that? Oh, she's vibrating. No, that's my Fitbit. Oh. I've just done ten thousand steps. You've not moved for ages. Exactly. It must take my arm. See, that was because we did that dance off. <laughs> that's probably it. But to be fair, just I, did, of a I did feel my heart bump. <laughs> so it is technically counted. So it's probably fine. Yeah. No. What would you like readers to take from the book? Thank you. I'd like them to take the fact that everybody's a bit crackers. Mm -hmm. So when my Mad Fat Diary came out, there was a girl at school who was gorgeous. And when I say gorgeous, she was gorgeous then, she was gorgeous in her 20s, she was gorgeous in her 30s, and she's bloody gorgeous in her 40s. Was she a cow? No. Oh, God. I know. She was lovely, funny, smart, then she went to do an ethical job. I know, okay? And I thought this person had their life sorted. And then they totally, I didn't solicit this at all, 
they wrote to me and said, I've just read your book. I felt exactly the same way as you did. And to me, this person was the absolute pinnacle of everything a woman could be. Mm -hmm. And she felt exactly the same way. We're all bloody struggling with something. I know one person who, who isn't. And you can't tell just by looking at someone. You cannot tell. And you can't tell whether if somebody's famous, if somebody's successful, if somebody's rich, if somebody's poor. I mean, obviously, that socioeconomic things do affect mental health. Yeah. We know that. But you can't tell. It's something that affects... It goes right across the board. So we all need to be a, just a little bit, I think, kinder. That sounds really freaking twee. I no, know. Kindness and manners. Manners are so important. Kindness is so important. Treating people around us who are just looking after us or just in the street with just a degree of civility, I just think is so important. Putting the phone down and just having a chat with a taxi driver. He might be a grumpy old tit, but it doesn't matter. Just being present, I think, is so important. But I love Twitter too. Yes. At night time, in front of the telly, freaking marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> Quick tweet, it? But in its place. And what else are you up to? What else is happening in Ray's world at the moment? I have written a, well, helped to write, not just me, a programme that's going to be aired in Australia about a girl's football team. Oh, go you. I know, it's so good. And it's called Mustangs FC. It's about, now, in Australia, I have to say girls' soccer team because freaking football there is an abomination game. Oh, it's weird. Oh, it's appalling. I'd ban it now. I've actually said this. I think AFL should be banned. It's not a sport. It's a diversion. It's crap. Nonsense. You either play rugby or you play football. You're not playing either. But I have to say soccer in Australia. They're going, do you mean AFL? No, I don't mean AFL. So uh, that will be coming, that's coming out in Australia in October. Do we get it? I'm hoping so. Yeah. I'm hoping so. I'm very proud of it. It's a really lovely, brilliant show. And I can say it because it's not just me that's wrote it. It's a team of us. say that anyway. You're allowed to say that. I know, but I've still got that Lincolnshire thing of, I can still hear my mum go, you don't get a bloody big head, girl. (laughs) Don't get a, your worst thing you can do is get, you've got to remember, don't get a bloody big head. It's so funny. My nephew went to Cambridge, right? Jack went to Cambridge. Where did you go? Hull. You see, education in our house is everything. (laughs) To be educated is to be everything. So I never get too big a boot. So, yeah. So that's happening. I'm writing another book. What's the other book about? I can't say yet. Um, She's such a tease. Oh, that probably means I haven't got it sorted out in my own head yet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Notice that brilliant sort of uh, diversion there. So, yeah, a few things going on. And, uh, yes. I've got to say... Obviously, you are incredibly candid about some very dark places that you've been to, but you seem really happy. I am... I'm sorted. Well, nobody's sorted, are they? You're clearly a bit batshit, mate, in a lovely Uh, way. I embrace my batshit. I know, I like it. But don't pick up the batshit, because that can have hand virus. So I'm going to get poorly. No, actually, I think shit, you're fine. I think that it's actual bat that's a problem. But I'll have to check that and Google that. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't know what you've done. I'm sorry. So it's your fault. I was trying to give you a compliment. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty happy with things. Uh, bar not having a cat and the fact I'd like to own my own house with escalating house prices. Bar those two things, yeah. I'm really quite... It's good tough stars to reach for. Yeah, but in a way, fuck it, renting is in a way lovely. Because when my guttering goes wrong, Rob has to come and fix it and it's quite lovely. 
I think that, yeah, things are pretty beautiful. It's nice being a citizen of two countries. Yeah. It makes you feel a bit, a bit feral. Yeah. <laughs> it does. No, I do feel a bit feral. I feel I straddle two continents quite marvellously. How are the thighs? That sounds like it might ache. Easy. Maybe thighs ache. I, I, can, I can take it. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I've got two passports now, so I feel I straddle... You could become a, a drug baron or a, a spy. I don't think either of those. Have you watched Narcos? No. Can't do drug oh, baron. Okay. Not interested in that. No. Oh, have you watched Bojack Horseman at all? No. Because it deals very much with depression. And no. there's a brilliant episode in the last series. It's on season four. And there's a brilliant what episode. What channel is this on? Um, it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix yeah, original. Yeah, but is it on Netflix Australia? Oh, I don't know. So we have a, like, a third of the stuff. Oh, sorry. You need it because I have to have a VPN. I don't know what that is. It's a virtual proxy. It's a naughty thing that allows me to watch the BBC without a license. <gasps> Only nice. they've cracked down. Yeah, you have to like register and stuff. Yeah, and they've realised. I'm sure they've realised because I've boasted about it on Twitter. But I can't live without Pointless. And we only have old, really old Pointless in Britain. And in Australia, we have really old... And I feel like I'm getting thicker compared to the rest of... I used to be on like Trivia Queen, but I feel that Pointless has actually helped um, Britain get smarter and with things like the periodic table and capitals and stuff, and which I used to be absolutely fantastic on, but now I'm... Bit, what? Stop banging. Oh, stop <laughs> Sorry, I've only been in radio 15 years. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I have to use it. No, I haven't seen, sorry, Bojack, I oh, haven't seen it. The, an episode that was uh, really resonated with me is Bojack is a drunk half-horse, half-man. Uh, oh, is a centaur? No, it's the other way around. He's got a horse's head and a human body. They're all oddly drawn. Oh, it's an animation. Oh, it's I've, a cartoon. Yes. And he wakes up and... In this episode, you're just in his in a monologue the whole time, and he's just going, "You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. Why have you done that? You're a piece of shit." And then he'll say something to someone and go, "Oh, well, why did you say that?" And, you, and it's it was so clever because I think we all do that. And then he talks to another character at the end who's a lot younger than him, and she goes, "Sometimes I like I just tell myself all the time. There's this voice that tells me that I'm rubbish. That goes away, right?" And he just goes, "Oh yeah." And it's oh, but it's so beautifully done. the heart. But it's brilliant. So because sometimes I, I get on Twitter and think, why am I here? Everybody's really funny, and I'm a cock. <laughs> well, you're really funny. No, I don't feel like I'm a cock. I don't. I'm just think, oh, I'm a cock. Freaking hell! And it's just like I'm just gonna go now and just go and watch some YouTube adverts from 1984. <laughs> just like something that's just so like removed. I watch makeup videos, just like just. Meditative. Do you, who do you watch? The Chapman Sisters, Pixie Woos. They're very good. And okay, because I, you see, makeup to me, I, I, somebody has to do mine because otherwise I do look like Pennywise. Clamp, Pennywise. I mean, not even joking. And to me, it looks fine of him going, "What the freaking hell?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a girl's world. Oh, I, I cut mine's hair off. I didn't like dolls. I shaved the head. Yeah, because that was the appropriate thing to do. I'm not having to go at my mum now for denying me a girl's world. I think she did me a big favour. I don't know. It sounds like there's a little bit of bitterness in there. <laughs> <laughs> 
Was it that obvious? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Ray, you adorable soul. Thank you so much Is for talking it? to I've us. I've talked bollocks. I'm oh, so sorry. Really interesting bollocks. Don't be sorry. It was brilliant. We got off the point completely. I but love, there it. I love you a go. tangent. It's going to be an interesting edit. Oh, <laughs> shit. I'm so but sorry. But thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you for having me in this Cluedo ballroom. It's You're very welcome. Really cool. And now, let's dance. <laughs> Go on then, you first. Okay. I never go first. Standard issue for all women. <laughs>